Welcome to the England Rugby Pod. Thanks for downloading episode 84. We've got reaction from the Barbars game last weekend, and of course, we're discussing Eddie Jones's selection of his 23 for the first test in South Africa. You're listening to the England Rugby Pod, the rugby podcast that believes England will win the World Cup in 2019. Hey guys, uh, welcome back. Sorry it's been a little while. Um, I was obviously away. Uh, Dan was pretty busy, so we didn't manage to get one out last week. But of course, lots did happen, and we're going to go into all of that um, in just a moment. Before we do, of course, I'm joined by Dan. Hi, mate. Hello, buddy. How was uh, how was France? How was your holiday away? It was nice. It was wet, um, but I think that's what you get when you go to central France in May. Um, but it was uh, it was nice. It was enjoyable. Yeah. It was relaxing. Not a lot of uh, not a lot of Wi-Fi. I was sat, sat in the shed to watch the Barbars game on 3G. Um, so, uh, how, the, how was the streaming? Uh, intermittent, but um, I, I saw I saw enough. I saw enough that I can discuss it with you today. So we will definitely get onto that. Um, just before we do, though, we've had another a message. This one on Twitter, um, and interestingly, um, it comes from a Kiwi who says, hey guys, oh, okay. just a brief message to let you know, I really love your uh, England rugby pod, plus I'm a bloody Kiwi. Uh, please keep them coming. <laughs> I enjoy sitting down in the quiet of the evening with my cup of tea and hearing the deliber- deliberations from up north. Uh, thanks so much for making your podcast available on Twitter. And that's from Matthew. Um, so Matthew Shaw, thank you for your message. Um, I didn't know that we'd specifically made them available on Twitter, but great that we have. Um, Dan, that's Twitter, Twitter, Twitter box to you. Um, oh, that's one. But uh, but yeah, no, uh, great that we're that we're being listened to from around the globe. Um, and obviously, yeah, to to hear positive thoughts from a Kiwi is uh, it's nice to hear. Um, I wonder what he that's thinks awesome. about Brad Shields. Yeah, yeah. I wonder. I wonder whether. I I, I mean, let, let's face it. Brad Shields is a great player. I I don't think the Kiwis as a whole are absolutely gutted they're missing him. Yeah, it'd be nice to be available, but it's not as if they're short in that department. It's not as if they're short in any department. No, although uh, although he, they, um, it was said that if he'd stuck around, he would likely have got capped by the Barbars this year. The Barbars? Uh, not the Barbars. I mean, he might have done. No, the uh, All Blacks. He might have done. Well, yeah, that, that's, that's fairly easy to say. Been I, to be honest, I wouldn't have said it, though. Is that not basically saying we're gutted he's gone because we really want him when it's too late? Wouldn't wouldn't you be more inclined to be like fair enough? He, you know he was never going to get a, uh, an All Blacks cap, so he's gone to to the second best option. Do you know what I mean? Like wouldn't you, uh, wouldn't you play those kind uh, of mind games if you're the coach? Well, it, it depends. It depends. I guess it's one of two ways. It might be saying to him, you know, in in, in, in their head, and I am massively second guessing here. They may be thinking, oh. All Blacks was his first choice, although in fairness to him, he has said England was. Um, and they may have said, look, if it hung about. But you know what? The truth is, the end of last season, Brett Shields probably didn't have, wasn't playing at the best he'd ever played. I mean, last year he was probably playing better. So if he wasn't capped then, yeah. why he'd suddenly be why capped now? I, I find it, I find it, but you never know. Either way, I guess it's irrelevant. We've got him and we're very happy to have him. Yeah, I, I think he's I'm, a I'm looking player. forward to seeing what happens. Um, and yeah. I think all the chat about, you know, how people complaining about this, this is, you know, we're not setting a precedent here. You know, the All Blacks, yeah. the all Blacks started this, you know, when, when they basically well, built their team out of non-New Zealanders by going to all the islands. So, 
I don't think anyone can really complain about it. You know, the guy has every right to represent England. Um, and if that's the choice that he's made for, for whatever reason, whether it's because he thought he wouldn't get capped by the All Blacks and he would buy England, it doesn't really matter. It's now, he, he's with England now. Um, he can't go anywhere else. And it's now a question of whether or not he can, uh, you know, make a difference. And, and I think, you know, it'd be interesting to see if he does. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing how he gets on in South Africa. But before we get on to that, uh, just just, have... um, just just quickly, whilst we're on an All Blacks theme, yeah. Uh, have you seen that uh, All or Nothing? Uh, I haven't. Sort of the I, I want to see it. it did you watch it? I've watched it. It's really good. Um, the the All Blacks as a as a team, as a, as a group, as an organisation, however you want to do them, they're cool. They're they're a good. They come across this, as this a really like, good fun. This is like living with the lions, yeah, but for the All Blacks. It, do you know what? It's not. It doesn't give away that much. The in depth, you, do you suddenly get a really good feeling of the All Blacks camp? Not really, no. But it's still a brilliant watch. I still recommend it. It it sort of skirts around. It doesn't really go into massive depth about sort of the All Blacks culture. It doesn't actually give away that much while still making like a, a really interesting show on and a really interesting viewing on sort of the all black setup um what is it is it on netflix it's no it's on amazon prime actually amazon prime well there you go guys if yeah. you have got amazon prime check it out if you haven't i believe definitely check it out you can get free certainly a free 30-day trial or something they, all these guys seem to have it we're not we're not uh, endorsing it because we make money we don't um but um i have it you've obviously got it um and so yeah, yeah. recommend there's a few good things on there as well, so uh, check that out and yeah, get get your free get get your free trial. <laughs> well, if you you're not making money it. out of this. Something I, I don't mean, know about. Maybe we should be, but uh, no, unfortunately, we're not. Um, not yet, not yet, not until you lot spread the word a little further afield and uh, we get a few more listeners. But um, in the meantime, we've got rugby to talk about, and uh, yeah, before we can move on to the South Africa tour, which is obviously going to be the focus of the next few weeks, there is a little matter of the bar bars game, um, which was. I think there's quite a lot to talk about here. I mean, it, we we I think have quite different opinions. Um, I I might have since our chat. I might have come way around to your way of thinking a bit more. Okay, well, well, let's let's dive into it a little bit then. So, so my way of thinking was uh, a Barbars game is never going to be a true test match because of the way that the Barbars choose to play, but the way that they're expected to play as well. You know, of course, if they happen to get together a side that's that's you know that style of player the, the kind of the flair guys that are going to go out there and, and and they're all about running in tries it's very difficult for a team like England who are about to go on tour you know a test match three series test match tour um to you know they, they want to go into that game and play it like a test match because that's what yeah. that's what they're kind of training for it's no it doesn't it doesn't help them to go out there and say right let's go and play sevens but with 15 men on the pitch whereas that's what the what the barbars do um, so I think it's always going to be difficult to find the right way to play against a team like the Barbars whilst maintaining, you, you know. So, so the next thing is then to look at the scoreline and say, well, hang on, despite all of this, England still managed to put, what, 48, was it? 47 points? So the scoreline itself doesn't actually bother me um, so much. It was... Um... It was, you know, the Saracen text the final the day before. We were missing lots of players. Like you say, the Barbars had a great team as well. It, it's going to be very hard to find how to play 
but there were some, I thought there were some positives, but I also thought there were some negatives from it, which I, I think is actually quite hard on some of the players. The likes of a Henry Trinder didn't have a great game. No, has he now, has he now ruined a chance of a further England thing where has not necessarily been given the right environment to, I, I think, to shine in? I think he probably has. Um, but but I think Eddie Jones is the kind of guy. I mean, I guess the big question is how much of a, how, much, how many changes do you want to make between now and two thousand and nineteen? Um, and the answer is you don't really want to be making too many. You want to know what you want to have your squad locked down. So has he missed out on an opportunity for this World Cup? I think so. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure but, he necessarily had a great opportunity for. No, well, no, but 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 I think I think you know he's still he's still young enough that he needs to just carry on doing what he was doing in the premiership um and i think if he if he goes out next season and you know he's player of the premiership and has has a storming season then sure you know injuries and everything else you're going to get looked at again so i don't think i don't think it's like thing you know like back in the day where where it's almost like on principle you'd miss it you know if, if you don't perform then no one wants to look at you again i think but i think he's got a lot of work he's, he's made it a lot harder for himself and whether that's his I fault or so. not is is kind of irrelevant because unfortunately that was the that was the platform he was given and yeah it's tough because it's it's not as you say it's not the right kind of game to really show your kind of test match metal which is what we want to see from England players um, it's very difficult to, as I said at the beginning to as as an individual I think it's very difficult to ignore what the opposition are doing. And just focus on your game plan, and it's it's almost that's almost one of the complaints that we've had of England, is when you know over the years is when they've attempted to say this is our game plan and we're going to stick to it no matter what. Yeah, which no, is kind I, and, of what and, you have to do against a barbar side to to, I, to to get the most out of the game for you as a team, but there's a very good chance that you end up losing because of it. Yeah, and and I think like you say to get most out of you for a team. There's also a limit to how much you can get out of it because of um, because of the fact that you, you know you're missing so many players. Um, but there were some positives from it. I thought George Ford, and actually at the end of this as well, I think George Ford is hitting a vein of form, which I think is a big positive. Yeah, I mean um, he's he's got a he's got some. See, actually, weirdly, and we'll come on to this when we talk about the the the, the test. But I think he's actually been given quite a bit of room to prove himself because I think that Cipriani, who's possibly his his biggest rival right now for that 10 shirt, even if he's being used in South Africa, I think it would be more likely he'd be used at fullback. And we'll come on yeah, to why I, later on. But but therefore I, I think I, I think George I, Ford I has a, has at least until the Six Nations before anyone starts putting pressure on him again. Or oh, sorry, the Autumn Internationals. Uh, before anyone starts putting pressure on him again for the shirt, so it's great that he's back in form because it would be it would be a real shame if he was out of form and there wasn't really the cover for him. Um, but yeah, I agree. I mean, it, was, it was mixed. He kind of missed a few important tackles early on, and you were thinking, "Oh God, it's it's going to happen again." And then suddenly, it was almost like he was like, "Okay, I'm getting that one back." Um, and yeah, you know, I think he chased Chris Ashton down about three times. I and mean, Chris, Chris Ashton is supposed <laughs> to be a, a, a theory, a world class winger, you know, a try scoring machine. You would think, therefore, pretty pacey. And George Ford isn't renowned for his pace, and yet it was George Ford that chased him down about three times. So I'm not sure how Chris Ashton feels about that, but um, 
you know that. Well, that's... Chris Ashton, Chris Ashton can't really complain. He had a good day out. He. Uh, I mean, he was gi- some... he, he was gifted the first one. I think he was gifted about two of them, wasn't of he? Yeah, well, it was gifted first one, but then he also made a break to set up a, a lovely try himself as well. Um, it was Chris Robshaw had an uncharacteristically poor game, and he actually had a really poor game. He missed some. He missed some fairly. Sort of basic tackles for a back row. Yeah, I mean, um, this is kind of what we. I mean, I I just feel like I we talked about we it. We should with, throw him under the bus for it, though. Maybe not throw him under the bus, but we've been talking about this for a little while now, and we've been saying, you know, he's a workhorse. He 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 puts in the effort, but does he deliver the goods? And the answer is probably not all the time. And um, and we've said the same thing of Mike Brown, which is that if you were to look at a a graph of performance versus age, you know, there's obviously that peak. Probably, probably somewhere in the late t- late twenties, early thirties. I don't know how old they are now, um, but I feel like both of them have gone through that peak, which means that they're now only getting worse. Um, and that doesn't mean that they're yeah. getting bad, but you know, they're not getting better. Um, and is that what you oh, want wow. in the eighteen months leading up to a World Cup? I, I think you can. I think if you look at someone like a Richie McGaw, I think you can develop as a player and add. Yeah, value no, no. in other areas are they doing that absolutely though? but I think Probably Richie McCaw's not. I think Richie McCaw's graph would look very different because I think those uh, are, I think those areas Richie where McCaw's he develops would, would have him well. improving yeah but yeah quite quite possibly I, I'm not sure I mean Richie McCaw was just just one of the finest guys to have ever walked the field I mean he's an absolute legend so I don't mean it's fair to compare to compare with him but I mean, it's, yeah, no, no, I agree. I mean, I thought it, I, I agree with you. I think Robshaw was what didn't look didn't look his best. Um, we're not throwing him under the bus because he's getting another chance, as we're going to discuss. Um, for you know, well, he's out in South Africa, so clearly from Eddie Jones's point of view, and that's the that's the key one at the moment. Um, you know, he's not been written off, uh, so it's it's up to him. It's up to him to to show that he, you know, should be where he is, uh, and we'll see what happens. But. Um, yeah, it, as you as you said, it, you know, uncharacteristically poor from him. Uh, I thought Tom Curry was pretty useful against I, the I Barbos. I think Tom Curry's played really well, and I mean, we're going to go on to this, but I'm really happy he's starting against South Africa. I, agree. I, I, I think Tom. I think well, Tom Curry looks good. Out and out seven does what a seven should do: gets stuck in, gets turnovers, makes tackles. Um, you know, kind of like what Mauro Toje did when he first came on the scene, and hasn't really been doing as much. Well, for, for, Saracen, for England, yeah, you know, for England, yeah, yeah, for England, um, and, and again, he's one that we're hoping, we're hoping that the Saracens' results, you know, somehow inspire these guys to, to just bring that little bit extra again. Um, so, you know, if we if we can see that from him, and we've got Tom Curry and they're doing it as well, um, you know, that that could be a very different. I, I said, you know, throughout the Six Nations, I said, you know, the back row for me was the big problem. Um, we did, we weren't competitive. Uh, the, the breakdown. We, we weren't attacking enough from the back. And I think that's going to look very different over the course of the next few weeks. Um, you know, as long as no one gets injured. Um, not, not, yeah. not talking about anyone in particular, uh, Mr. Vanapola. Um, yes, yeah, but yeah, Billy, Billy, stay away from those bloody Aussie rule balls, please. Right. Just, uh, so the, we, think... we called this, mate. We, we absolutely called this. We said, and why people don't listen to us, I have no idea. It's as if it's as if my opinion is not the most important thing in the world to Eddie, and that just seems ridiculous. But we said that Billy, as soon as he finishes playing, should literally be wrapped in bubble wrap, carried off the pitch, and not allowed to do anything else. 
we said that, and what happens? They let they let him make his own decision, and he injures himself kicking an Aussie rules ball. So they need to start listening to us. Well, yeah, and what, what what's he doing kicking an Aussie rules ball? Kick a rugby ball, mate. That's, you don't play Aussie rules. And uh, just don't worry about kicking, Billy. Yeah, exactly. We don't we don't need you to do the kicking, my friend. You've got one you've got one job to do, and it include it involves boshing. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, but you know he's going to be okay. He's 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 fit and healthy again. So it's just a question of whether he can maintain his uh, his health because obviously we've uh, we've seen him on the sidelines rather a lot um, of late. So fingers crossed, touch wood, and all that. Um, other right. So before we move off the Varbars, um firstly, daily at fullback. Thoughts? I mean, I, I personally, I think we've said it before, but I personally think that Elliot Daly is world-class and I think you can play him anywhere. Yeah, I, 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 I like the look of Elliot Daly at fullback. Uh, and when Anthony Watson's back? Uh, I still like the look of Elliot Daly at fullback. And when Jack Lyle's like back? Watson as a winger. Uh, yeah, and so for, for me, for me, I want, I like Elliot Daly. Elliot Daly, to me, has to play. Um and then I think it's between sort of Jack Noel, Watson, Johnny May, Benny, whoever else to fight out for those two wing positions. Yeah, fine. Well, I mean, that's not a bad problem to have, is it? Um, no, not at all. And if you've got, for example, if you've got uh, a, a sort of a Watson on the one wing, and let's say, for argument, say Watson and Noel on the wing, you've actually got three people who can cover all three positions in theory. Yeah, yeah. And then also, depending on what happens with Danny Cipriani, um, you know whether he's starting or he's on the bench, you've got flexibility there as well to move things around because we know that Elliot Daly can yeah. play on the wing, and I'm sure he would do a great job in the centres as well. Yeah, so yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, lots of options there. Which brings me on to the big question: What the fuck is Mike Brown doing on the wing? So before with the Mike Brown thing is that with a Jack Noel gone, you need somebody who's going to look for the work. Like Jack Noel will pop up everywhere. He will work hard. He will pick off the ruck. He will run off the nine, run off the 10, run off the 12. Johnny May is probably more of an out-and-out winger, mm-hmm. which, which is absolutely fine. I'm not I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. So the argument is, from Eddie's point of view, I think is Mike Brown is somebody more who will go and look for that work. And absolutely he will. You know, let's make no mistake. Mike Brown's not scared to get involved. He's he's not at all shy to be in the action. But is he the most effective person in that position? I I would say the answer is absolutely no. If that's <laughs> yeah, completely. If that's what you're looking for, why not go for a, a, a Matt Banahan, for example, somebody who's on really good form, somebody who's going to have more impact playing that role. I don't understand. Yeah, I mean, I've heard the term leadership banded about, um, you know, as one of the reasons. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. I don't think that's needed. I don't feel like the backs have have too many major issues. Um, Well, you've got George Ford, Owen Farrell, Elliot Bailey. Yeah, you don't need that. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think, I think there's absolutely no, you know, when you were talking about justifying him at the back. You know, as that kind of leader, as as um, you know, a, a really experienced fullback who has you know his vision gives him the entire the entire field in front of him, and he can help position people and all that kind of stuff. You can almost get behind that idea, despite not thinking that's the right call. 
But I think as soon as you move him to the wing, it's like, well, now what, he's, he's not offering anything anymore. He wasn't, in my opinion, I, I, he wasn't really offering much at fullback. But but I kind of got the thinking. Now I'm just like, what, I don't know what what's going on there. Well, it's 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 probably the right place, like we were saying, to move on to this uh, team selection for South Africa. Well, yeah, it's how, not picked on four. How like, is how so is he being called up again wing. on the wing? Yeah, I. So but the wing thing against the Barbars well, was sort of a bit like whatever, and people. I must admit, I dismissed it a bit. People were like, oh, is that what Eddie's looking at him for? I was thinking, no, he's just giving him a run out. But yeah, he wants to look at Elliot Daly at fullback, so he's he's just keeping him in there and filling a gap. And Yeah, and but obviously that is what he was looking at him for. I don't, I don't really, I just don't get it. I don't get Eddie's selection policy at the moment. There are, there are so many good people been left behind, been left out. Maybe, maybe, and I'm playing devil's advocate a little bit here, but maybe it's because Eddie Jones knows that with Anthony Watson and Jack Knoll injured, both of them are coming back in back into the fold, and actually Mike Brown will be leaving soon. And so he's thinking, and this is where the leadership thing comes in, and he's thinking, look, actually, um, I'm not looking for a new winger. I've got my wingers. I've got some backup as well. So I'll put Mike Brown on there because because of the you know, for the reasons you've just said about him getting stuck in. And if it's not working, I'll pull him off and put on Denny Solomona. Um, so my yeah, my, my only thought. So I half agree with you. My only thought to that is if, if if that was it, that would be a bit too negative. But there is a part of me thinking. Is he there just to help out Elliot Daly a bit? If Elliot Daly is going to be the 15, is there some value to having Mike Brown? Yeah, you we, know, is there constantly chatting? Almost like, like a handover Brown period. Said, yeah, exactly. Maybe, so, well, hey, quite Elliot, you might want to be standing there or just help position me or something yeah, a bit. Yeah, quite, quite possibly. Um, I mean, let, let, let's let's quickly go through the team uh, and then we can talk about it. Um, so for those of you that haven't had a chance to, to check yet... Uh, so up front, you've got Mako, Jamie George, and Kyle Sinclair. Front three, pretty happy with that. I like, I like that. Um, that looks good to me. You've got uh, Maratoje, and it would have been Joe Launchbury, but he's actually now injured. Uh, they would have been a great pairing, but I think in Nikosekwe, particularly given his experience with Saracens, I think that's the right, the right choice to join Maro um, in the second I, row. Yeah, I like it. That looks good as well. That that looks a potential. I mean, there's so many options in the second row, but, you know, Nick Sackway's got a real good chance here. Yeah. He's got a real good chance of, of making a, a shout for that position, becoming his own. And then back row, um, Chris Robshaw, who we've got question marks over, but Tom Curry, who we're really happy to see. And of course, Billy is back, uh, which I think, again, we're pretty happy about. So uh, other than Chris Robshaw... Um, I'm pretty happy I'm not, with that. I'm not that, ups- I'm that, not that upset about Chris Robshaw. Well, so I was then going to say to you, because of what's on the, because of you know the options on the bench, I think okay, I get what he's doing there, um, and I think if it's not working, I think Chris Robshaw is going to put in. He's going to put in the hard work. I think he's the guy that gets replaced yeah. um, because you've got Brad Shields on the bench. So I think Robshaw gets replaced by Brad Shields. I think Billy Vinopola, because he's not at full fitness yet, he gets replaced by Nathan Hughes. This, however, creates a little problem. Um, Luke Cowan-Dickey, Joe Marler and Harry Williams replaced the front row. That's simple. But we haven't got a second row replacement. So whilst I think both Marrow and Nick Asiekwe can last the 80 minutes, 
if the second row gets injured, either Rob Shaw, Tom Curry, Billy Vanapola, Nathan Hughes, or Brad Shields needs to cover second row. I think Brad Shields has played a bit of second row. Has he? Okay. I think Brad Shields is. Brad Shields is. So I had a look at that. Brad, he's not. He's not a second row. But he's done it but before. I've, my sources have also told me that they've done a few scrum down training sessions okay. uh, with with Brad Shields at second round by my sources. I can't remember if it was something like the Independent or Telegraph or something. Good source. You know, Sol- those, solid, those, re- reputable source. Yeah, yeah. I like it. It was those either that or, or the Daily Star. sources only for me. Nice. Um, okay, well, so that answers that question then. Um, so then moving on to the backs, we've talked about already, but Elliot Daly at fullback. You've got Johnny May like and it. Mike Brown on the wings. We've said enough. Like it, don't like it. Yeah, we've said enough about this already, but it, it is what it is. Um, Ford and Farrell, 10 12. Uh, ben yeah. Young's is back and he's back at nine, which is great. Um, and obviously, you know, him and Ford playing together week in, week out. Um, and then, uh, is that, oh, and then Henry Slade at 13, which you've been calling for for a long time. Yeah, I mean, I like Henry Slade at 13. So, my my issue actually is not necessarily science. My issue is with that bench. Yes. Um. So, Ben Spencer ahead of Robson. Yeah. To me, makes no sense. Agreed. Piers Francis. What? Why? When you've got Danny Cipriani and Piers Wazowski, two of the four players in in England, probably in Europe at the moment, two of the top form players. Why have they been missed out? Why is Piers Francis there ahead of them? I I. I genuinely don't get it. I don't, yeah, I don't. even understand a, a scenario where that makes more sense. There must be one in Eddie's head and Eddie knows more about yeah, rugby like than me. So. I, I agree. Yeah. I think I think they're they're the two for me, um, other than Mike Brown starting. I'm pretty happy with the fifteen otherwise. But yeah, I agree. On the subs bench, all looks good until you hit the uh that that particular area. And yeah, I don't get those those choices. Um, particularly Piers Francis for the reasons you just said there are two I mean I guess Cipriani's never going to be a a centre replacement Um, but but there are other options but there there are options to move people around so I'd have 100% had Cipriani in there I thought he looked really good when he came on against the Barbars you know under difficult circumstances Um, do do you know why he looked really good though against the Barbars tell me he is really good. Oh, interesting. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> that's that's why. Maybe Eddie needs to start looking at that. Um, <laughs> He's that but, but this is this is the reason I was saying, and although Danny Cipriani is not involved, I feel like I feel like any involvement he does have is going to be around that fifteen. You know that sort of uh, Elliot Daly and uh, Mike Brown corner. And therefore, I think that if Cipriani is involved, he'll be at 15. Maybe. And I think, therefore, George Ford is is safe for now. Yeah, I... I mean, I, if, I get if George Ford is terrible and, and he's making it difficult, I mean, I guess you've still got the option of moving Owen Farrell to 10. But I think I think that's probably not what Eddie wants. I think Owen Farrell is... I, I, would, be, I would be frustrated if Danny Cipriani goes on that tour and doesn't get a genuine opportunity to prove himself. I agree. I agree. I think it would be a shame. It, I think I think that would be a massive shame. And, and that would that it, it would annoy me a bit. Same with same with Dan Robson in fairness. 
Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, the replacements, I think the issue with the replacements bench for me is it doesn't feel, certainly in the backs, it doesn't feel like he's picked finishers. It feels like he's picked subs. But Pierce Francis one, I don't, I just don't get, I'm, and this is nothing against Pierce Francis. It's just, again, it, if you look at, I mean, I would say both Danny Cipriani and Lazowski, or Lazowski, I, I, somebody, somebody who keeps telling me off for pronouncing it right, and I oh. still am not sure whether it's Lazowski or Lazowski, but let's say, let's say Lazowski. 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 Oh, nice. Okay, so let's say Lazowski. Uh, I think they're better players. I yeah, think they're I, both better players than Pierce Hart. I agree. I think either one of them would have looked better in that lineup. Um but it is what it is. And, you know, maybe it's he. Maybe he's saying, "Look, I don't want the same twenty-three for every game." So maybe we'll see something different in game two. Um, I'm, I'm clutching a little bit, but um, but I, I, I agree with you. I really hope that we that we see. Certainly, I hope we see Cipriani uh, on this tour. I think it would be a massive shame if he goes all the way out there after everything he's been through to kind of get back involved again and after looking good. Uh, against the Barbars, it'd be a massive shame if he goes out there and doesn't get a chance. Um, I, I, I think it'd be ridiculous. But yeah. um, but but going but going back to the team as a whole and trying to just kind of go back to being positive because that's what we're what we're ultimately here to do. I don't hate it. No, I don't. I don't. I, I think there's lots of it. There's lots of it. I really like the look of. I like the starting fifteen. I'm quite excited about. I'm particularly the back row and and even with Chris Robshaw, I just feel like. I just feel like the you know with with Billy back and Tom Curry in there doing what a seven should be doing, maybe maybe this gives Chris Robshaw the opportunity to focus on what a six should be doing. And Robshaw can do that job, and Robshaw can be brilliant, and he can have massive value. I I, I like the look of that that row. I really like Elliot Daly at fullback. I, I like the fact that Henry Slade's got another chance. Bear in mind what he's done this season. And um, Nick Asekwe, fair enough, that's through injury, but brilliant. Yeah, overall, I, I, I do like here. I, I, there's nothing I'm not, you, you know, I think I've just focused on the negatives more this episode, but I'm, I'm not feeling negative. I think that is a team that can go out there and win. Oh, 100. Oh, look, if Wales playing the way that they did, and I know it's a different South Africa side, but if they can win playing that, that kind of rugby, yeah, I would be, I I would be very disappointed. This what, sorry? I think we need to not talk about that Wales-South Africa match. It wasn't one of the just worst displays of international rugby I've ever seen. <laughs> well, the, my point is, I, I, I feel good. I, I feel like this is a team that can get England back into winning form. Um, they, they have to do it. Uh, that's essential. Yes. Obviously, it is a massive task. I know South Africa have had their problems, and I know that six months ago we were kind of almost laughing at the idea of South Africa trying to defend against England. Um, but a lot's changed since then uh, for, on both sides. So, you know, both sides with, with lots to prove. And England have never won a tour down in South Africa. So, you know, it, it's a massive opportunity for these guys to to just sort of send a message home to say, OK, look, we had a bit of a blip in the Six Nations, but we're over it. Um, and we're back to the same England team that, you know, that we were before that Six Nations when everyone was raving about us. So um, I think that's what's going to happen. Um <laughs> Let's hope so. And, and I, I'm inclined to agree with you, mate. I, I think there's, I think there's good enough players out there. I think we're a good enough team. Um, I, I like is it, is it Wise Mantle in the attack. I quite like what he's been saying in the press. Uh, I, I'm, I'm interested to see what our attack looks like. Actually, I, I and I'm genuinely, I'm not interested in a sceptical way. I'm interested in a, 
I, th- I think we could be looking good. Yeah. Okay, question for you. Uh, England go out to South Africa, 3-0, smash it, back on winning form, everyone's raving again. Um, what happens to Dylan Hartley? Uh, Dylan Hartley may have seen his last game. Um, if that if that's the case, he may have seen his last game. Because Eddie's been um, pretty, you know, he's been a real Dylan Hartley stalwart, hasn't he? He's been yeah. he's been pretty clear that that in his opinion, Dylan Hartley is his man. Yeah, I, I'm not I'm not saying that that's I'm I, I'm not I'm not saying Andrew, but if if England go out there win three 0 and both Jamie George and Luke Cowan-Dickey do really well, because I think that's another key point. It's going to be very hard to justify bringing Dylan Hartley back in. Yeah. I know Eddie. He's, I know changed Eddie I mean, he's changed his mind before, so it doesn't. You know, he's he's, yeah. he's willing to do it, um, but obviously, just it's it's a massive change to say I'm getting rid of my captain 18 months before a World Cup. Um, well, yeah, but um, we, we've said as well. You know, has he? You know, has he been just waiting to make that change all along? You know, just waiting for the right moment. Has Dylan Hartley been in there to kind of almost help mould the new captain, who is clearly going to be Owen Farrell? Yeah, and and that could that could well be that could well be a that could well be a scenario that's happening. Could could that be what's happening with Mike Brown playing to help mould Elliot Daly. Daly? Not mould Elliot Daly, but help. No, no, I mean, yeah, just just, just you know what handover. Yeah, I think I think I I would be very surprised if with a fit Anthony Watson and a fit Jack Knoll, if you're still looking at Mike Brown for either fullback or wing, or obviously therefore oh, anywhere. Um, so I I, do, I, I feel like this is Mike Brown's final final foray for England. Um, you know what's going to happen? He's going to play brilliantly out there, isn't he? Uh, like if he does, fair play to him. Um, great to him. Gonna yeah, make great life, I, I'm not convinced that he can do enough. Anyway, because I just think, how do you look past Nolan Watson? Both yeah. both lions, uh, but you know, if Mike Brown can go out there, have a stormer, and kind of bow out, you know, on a high, brilliant. Um, and if he does have an absolute stormer, and Eddie does decide to pick him, then you kind of are going, well, I don't really, you know, fair enough, as long as he keeps doing it. But um, I just I don't see it happening. I think I think we'll see him getting. I think we'll see him coming off reasonably early, if you know, short of injuries. By early, I mean probably you know not far into the second half or at half time. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I yeah I, I'm looking. I'm really looking forward to this tour. I think England have needed an opportunity, um, and anyone who thinks that that's what they had against the Barbars, it, that wasn't an opportunity to 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 kind of put put right the wrongs of the Six Nations. No, it's, it wasn't England. We, we thing, talked about it in the last episode. We said, you know, is there any value in having Barbar's games before a tour? Um, and I think that that result, I think yes and no. You know, I think as long as you're not reading too much into them, I think Eddie Jones will have gained some useful information, particularly from some of the the guys that haven't had much opportunity. You know, your Tom Curry, uh, he probably wouldn't be here, or he certainly probably wouldn't be starting if if that Barbar's game hadn't happened and he hadn't put in that performance. True, true. Um, so I think there's definitely value in that respect. But I think, yeah, you have to just take it with a little bit of a pinch of salt. And I think the result certainly isn't important. Um, another, So an interesting one for you. 
does that reset England's? I don't think they've got a win streak, but you know, if they did have, would it reset it because it's not a capped match? Um, what do you mean? Well, so let I mean, let's say that England had won every game in the Six Nations. Oh no, 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 no! That one that doesn't count. No. Right. So I knew it wasn't a capped game, but I didn't know how that affected uh, your kind of no, a win that, streak. No, that wouldn't count towards a win streak. No, it doesn't count as an international. So. Fine. Well, that answers um, that question it, then. Um, it, it does. So yeah, I I think you know, there's probably not a lot more. We just we're sort of going over the same things now. But um, you know, big day on Saturday. Obviously, we're going to get back to live episode. Well, our, our version of a of a semi live episode. You'll probably get it on Saturday night or Sunday morning. Um, but at least you'll have our pre, during, and post game analysis, which we've been told is uh, is quite a nice way to hear. Um, you know, a roundup of the game. It's a bit better. You know, although if you do it all at the end, everyone has the same opinion. Um, I think what I like about the way we do the live episodes is, is yeah, the opinion changes massively. Um, yeah, you can watch. You can watch. You can watch us do our best at the end, cover our ass on our massively changing opinions in the match, which so, always makes it more fun. Before we say goodbye, guys, Dan, final question for you: predictions. England's win. Uh, I think it will be quite close. I think England will put a 25-21 to England. Okay, I'm going to go 26-17 to England, England, obviously. Of course, of course, of course. course. This is the England Um, rugby pod. We believe they're going to win the World Cup and 3-0 in South Africa for the first time ever. Um. Well, there you have it, guys. Uh, Obviously, come back Saturday. Well, Sunday morning is probably the best time when you're lying in bed. Have a little listen, see what uh, our thoughts are and how they compare with your own. Uh, But as always, thanks so much for listening. Um, Do get in touch with us. Uh, More and more of you are doing so, um, and we love hearing from you, which is great. Uh, That's on Twitter at England Rugby Pod, or also on Facebook. You can email us uh, englandrugbypod at gmail.com. We've got a website www.englandrugbypod.com. And uh, and just yeah, remember please if you get the opportunity, if you haven't done it already, uh, rate us, review us on iTunes. Uh, We're also on Acast, we're on Spotify, and apparently we're on Twitter too. So um, you know, there's lots of ways, lots of ways to listen, Uh, get involved, spread the word. Um, we want, you know, we're ramping up now. We've got about eighteen months to go, so we really want to start getting as many of you. Well, not any as many of you. You're already there, but uh, all your friends and family. We want to get everyone listening um, and uh, and build up this community before before next year. Um, but uh, yeah, join us again, guys, and uh, keep listening. Brilliant, brilliant, guys. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>